that would produce fruit 30, 60, even 100-fold, we pray. Father, I pray just like the psalmist of old prayed, make my tongue as the pen of a ready writer, that I may speak your word. Not my word, not my opinion of your word, but your word spoke into the hearts of your people. And Father, we give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. Jesus, we give you the honor. It's in the wonderful, mighty, precious name of Jesus that we pray. And everybody said? Amen. And amen and amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. This morning, I want to minister on what the Lord's given me on, on boldness. Now, last night, really all of yesterday, the Lord just put Acts 4 over and over in my spirit. But I didn't know about Acts. I just knew. He wants me to talk on Acts 4. That's about all I knew. The moment I woke up this morning, I heard holy boldness. And I thought, Acts 4, boldness, well, what does that have to do? So I pull up Acts 4, and then we'll get into it right now. You'll see what's going on. Hallelujah. But I believe the Lord has a word for you. Amen. Because now is not the time to back down. Now is the time for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to rise up. Amen. In a holy boldness. A holy boldness. <clears throat> now, it says in Proverbs 28 and verse 1, that the wicked flee when no man pursues them. But the righteous are as bold as a lion. Come on now, who's righteous in here? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Hallelujah. So it says, no, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, you were a sinner, but now you're saved by grace. Amen. You, a sinner is somebody who practices sin as a way of life. Amen. When you get saved, you get born again. You're no longer a sinner. Someone says, well, I mean, I, I still make a mistake. Yeah, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to have transgressions. But when you're saved, you're going to make a lot less of them, for one. And when you do have a transgression, the Bible says we can go to the Lord and we can ask him for forgiveness. And the Bible says he is faithful and he is just. To forgive us of all, uh, of all of our sin and, the, and iniquity and then cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So when you go to the Lord, you receive forgiveness. He forgives you and he cleanses you. Amen. Come on, you can have white garments. And you're not forgiven when you feel forgiven. You're forgiven the moment you ask, the Bible, Jesus said, when you pray, believe you've received it, and you shall have it. The moment you go to the Lord, you ask for forgiveness, you've, you've got to receive forgiveness, too. Lord, I, I pray for it, but then you say, okay, Lord, I receive that forgiveness, and I thank you for it right now. Thank you that even now your blood is washing me and cleansing me. And you do not glorify God walking around beating yourself up for a week because you did something you shouldn't have done or said something you shouldn't have done. That doesn't glorify God. He said, I'll take your sins, though they are, are scarlet, I'll make them white as snow, and I will remember them no more. Amen. Amen. He takes your sin, he casts it in the sea of forgetfulness. Now, I like what one preacher said, he sticks up a sign that says, no fishing. Because some people want to fish in that old pond and bring up something the Lord's is not even thinking about anymore. Right. Amen. So the Bible says, he who knew no sin became your sin so that we would become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, that's, uh, we preach a lot on that. How many of you guys know that? You probably have that verse memorized by now if you've been attending any length of time. But we've got to hit that because the Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. And people say, well, I'm not righteous. Well, if you're saved and you're forgiven and cleansed, yeah, you are. Yes, you are. doesn't mean you won't make a mistake. Like I said, you'll make less of them. And if you do, there's forgiveness available to you. Amen. And righteousness means perfect right standing with God. That's what it means. If it wasn't that way, you couldn't go to heaven. Amen. Okay. So the righteous are as bold as a lion. Now, boldness in English, this is what the word boldness means. It means showing an ability to take risks. It means confident, courageous, or having a strong and vivid appearance. <laughs> now, a holy boldness, listen very carefully. You don't want to miss this. 
a holy boldness is different than bravado. How many of you guys know what bravado is? Well, I put the definition just in case, amen, because I didn't really know what it was. So thank goodness for Google that has a dictionary, and you can look it up, amen. But this is it. Holy boldness is different than bravado. Bravado is a pretentious boldness or bravery. It's an arrogant and boastful menace. It's swaggering defiance. Bravado is a show of bravery or defiance. Bravado looks like boldness. Really, it's an arrogant boldness. It's a, it's a boldness, but it's not. It's, it's really based out of fear. It's a defiance. A holy boldness in God is based off faith in the word of God. Bravado, it's like, you know, something to prove. You know, it'd be like, you know, there are some churches that they're not closing out of bravado. It's not out of a boldness. It's out of, you know, well, I'm going to defy the government and I'll show you. But yeah, then they show armed guards and they're going to close it down the first thing. I mean, they talk the talk, you know, but then they're not really going to do anything. Are you with me? That's bravado. It's fake. It's false. It's arrogant. And it's proud. We're not talking about a bravado. It looks like boldness, but it's fake. It's arrogant. It's, it's prideful. Amen? Does that make sense? It's, it's a defiance. It's a rebellious. But a holy boldness. Amen. You know, we, we, we have the city mad at us because we're still having church. We're not doing this out of bravado. Like, we have something to prove. We're doing this out of a holy boldness. Amen. We have a constitutional right to gather for, you know. And then the Bible says, do not forsake the gathering of yourselves together as is the habit of some. And Jesus said in the end times, there's going to be pestilence, plagues, diseases. We're just following the Bible by having church in the middle of whatever is going on. Amen. So a holy boldness is different. Amen. So boldness in the Hebrew, the righteous are as bold as a lion, in that word bold, as a, as a lion, the word bold means in Hebrew to trust, to have confidence, or to be confident. It means to be secure, to be bold, to feel safe, and to feel secure. Hallelujah. We can be confident in the Lord. Amen. We can be bold in the Holy Ghost knowing that... We, that he's going to confirm his word in our life. Because the Bible says he is watchful over his word to perform it. When I take steps uh, in accordance to his word, God's going to come through. He confirms his word, the Bible says, with signs following. That's a holy boldness. Now, why do we have to make that distinction? Because when you begin to rise up in boldness in the word of God, when you begin to be bold in the Holy Ghost, one of the first things that people will say, they will begin to call you proud and arrogant. Just like David, when he wanted to face down Goliath, he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine anyway that he thinks he can defy the armies of Israel? And what is the first thing they said to David? We know your pride. You're up to no good. So that is the first accusation that the enemy will use against God's people when they begin to be bold in the Holy Ghost. I believe God is raising up people in Coshocton, Ohio, of a different DNA, a DNA of revival, a DNA of the fire of God, who are bold in the Holy Ghost, bold to tell others about Christ, bold to lay hands on the sick, bold to cast devils out, bold, secure, confident in what they believe, standing on the Word of God. Are you with me? So one of the first things when you begin to rise up and stand and be bold is people will say, now you're just being arrogant. You're being proud. And that is an accusation from the accuser, the devil. The devil's the accuser of the brethren. Where he comes to you with that, so you'll begin to say, well, you know what? Maybe I am being proud. Maybe I just need to back off. Maybe I just need to just kind of stop everything because I don't want to offend is this helping anybody? Yes. You can be bold in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And still have all the fruit of the Spirit. Yes. Amen. Have all the fruit, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, meekness. But you can be bold. Amen. Hallelujah. So, in the Hebrew, it means a trust. It means a confidence. It means to be secure, to be bold, to feel secure, to feel safe. Now, Boldness, now look at this, this is, I like this, 
I like this a lot. Boldness in the Greek. Because how many of you guys know they, they perceived, they, they saw the boldness of the apostles. Who knows that's in the Bible, in, in the book of Acts. They saw the boldness. That word boldness in, in Greek, in the New Testament, it's the word parousia, which means the freedom to sp- in speaking. It means you can speak freely. You know, you see a lot of believers, and you listen to me very carefully, because I, I tell you, this is a word for this church and for you. There are a lot of believers who, I mean, they love souls, and they love the, to win the lost, and, 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 you know, as far as that's concerned, yeah, they've got it. But when they get around people, they don't have that boldness where they're just free to speak. They clam up. They get nervous. They, they trip over their words. They, they're afraid that they might say something in the wrong way or communicate something in the wrong way, and they get in their head. They begin, who knows what I'm talking about? I've been there. Some of you looking at me like you don't know what you're, I'm talking about. Yeah, you do. Amen. I'm going to tell this person about Jesus. I mean, you're in the car. You start thinking of all the ways it could go bad. <laughs> no, a boldness in the Holy Ghost that rises up enables you to be able to speak freely. And Jesus told the, the, the disciples... Don't take any thought of what you're going to say before you say it because the Holy Spirit, he's the one who's going to give you the words to speak. Amen. Hallelujah. There's a boldness in the Holy Ghost that is available to every person in this room. And I believe that after this Sunday, you're going to operate in it and you're going to walk in it in a greater dimension. Boldness in the New Testament, in the Greek, it means a freedom to speak. Amen. Now, look, the devil might even use fear against you to where you want to communicate the gospel with someone. You want to, you want to do something. You, you want to have that freedom to move in the Holy Ghost. Of course, the enemy is going to try to stop you. And he'll use anything he can from the accusations. Well, you're proud. From the, the, the fear, fear of man, fear of failure, fear of whatever. But God's not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. Perfect love casts out fear. Amen? So sometimes even in the face of the accusations of people saying you're proud, even in the face of fear, even in the face of whatever it is that the enemy uses to try to stop you, the boldness is what causes you to rise up and still do it and overcome and rise above it. Hallelujah. So boldness, I'm not done with this Greek word because this Greek word is powerful. It means a freedom in speaking. It means an unreservedness in speech. So I mean, you're just speaking the truth in love. Amen. Oh, I pray that even this morning you get so full and filled and flooded with the Holy Ghost that when you leave this place, that the word of the Lord just bubbles right out your belly. Amen. (laughs) Who's ever had the Lord speak through you and before you even knew it, the words were out of you, you didn't even, it just like came out. I pray you live in that realm, an unreservedness to speak. That's a holy boldness. Come on, God's raising you up in this time with no fear. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. It means a a free and a fearless confidence. Hallelujah. A free and a fearless confidence. You get so full of God. You get so full of his word that you're confident. You have a freedom about you. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. There is liberty. You're so full of his word. You're so full of his spirit that there's just this freedom. Now, I mean, I, I, I'm, I know people who are very close friends of mine who have this. I mean, they've really gone in over their head with the holy boldness stuff. I mean, and it's a good thing. I mean, I remember one friend, I took him out. There's this restaurant in Tampa, Florida, and it's my favorite restaurant. I mean, it's great. And I had been telling him about this restaurant for two years, and finally I got a chance. I was in Tampa. I I texted him. I said, I am taking you to this restaurant. I don't care how busy you are. Clear it. We're going. He said, okay. So I put him in the car. I'm talking about it the whole way there. I said, man, you're going to love this place, da-da-da. I'm telling him all about it. We get into the the restaurant. Now, we had just come out of... church meetings and everything, and he had a suit on, and I mean, I look like I came from Coshocton, you know, and we're, we're, we're walking into this restaurant, and, uh, and we sit down, and I'm so excited that he finally gets to experience this restaurant, man, and uh, we're waiting on our food to be delivered to us, 
and it's so cool. You put this thing up, and oh, it's just great. And, and I'm just so excited for the food and, and everything. And it's packed, man. It's a packed restaurant. Well, he looks at me, and he says, I got to do this. And he's looking around at all the people. He said, I just have to do this. I said, what? He said, I just have to do this. I said, what? <laughs> what are you talking about, you know? He said, I just have to do it. And he stands up, and he goes, hey, everybody. And I'm just like, oh, no. I'm, I, I'm suddenly, I'm having visions right now of the managers coming, and so you need to leave, you, you need to go. You know, I'm thinking, oh, no. And he goes, hey, everybody, listen up. I want to tell you, when he stood up in boldness and said, hey, everybody, listen up, that whole restaurant went from a rowdy crowd. Who's ever been to a noisy restaurant? You can't even hear the person across from you. It was like that. It went from a rowdy restaurant to everything stopped. The, wait, the waitresses and waiters, they were walking. They stop and they look at him. You could see the manager back behind the bar. Look at him. Everything stopped. And he says, I just want to tell everybody in this building, God loves you. He has a plan for your life. You don't have to go to a devil's hell. 2,000 years ago, the price was paid. The blood was shed. And he preached the gospel to the whole restaurant. And he gives an altar call, at the, I mean, right there in the restaurant. He said, I'm going to pray over your meal. But look, there's a more important prayer. I want to pray with you. You can give your life to the Lord today. And he leads the entire restaurant into the sinner's prayer, and a roar came out of that restaurant. There had to have been 30 to 35, 40 people all prayed that prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of all my sin. Wash me and cleanse me. I'm sitting there like, you know, I've never seen anything like that. You know, because who's ever seen or heard of such a thing that this man just stands up bold when you're bold in the Holy Ghost and the anointing is on you it's different things are just different people respond to that so then he sits down and, and, and uh, you know I thought you know, surely we're going to get kicked out no you know what happened he sits down there was a line of people waiting to talk to him at the table, they were all asking, what church do you go to? I'm coming to that church. I've been looking for a church like this. You know? And then the next person comes up, I need prayer. Next person comes up, I need to get baptized. I mean, it was just like, you know, we're sitting there with our food. I'm like playing with it. He's sitting there ministering to everybody, you know? <laughs> One guy came over and he, knocked, he, he, he was so nervous. He was shaking. He comes over. I mean, he could have been shaken under the anointing, but he was shaken. And he went to shake my friend's hand, and he knocked our water over. I got a lap full of water. You know, so, great. What? <laughs> here's holy boldness, and here's wet underwear. You know what I mean? It's like, come on. So, <laughs> but come on, there, there's that holy boldness. Boldness in the Holy Ghost. Boldness in the Holy Ghost. He wasn't done. We leave, the, we leave the building. Someone was driving by. He goes, he stops the car. He leads the guy to the Lord in the, in the car. I mean, it, it was just like boldness in the Holy Ghost. Come on. Someone said, well, that's just his character. I have known him since he started Bible school. That is not his character. That's the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Ghost rises up big on the inside of you, you're going to do some things, man boldly, not arrogantly, not with something to prove. Oh, I'm going to prove something here. I mean, I'm going to prove that. What? It's not that. That's bravado. A boldness says he. Uh, you know, a holy, humble boldness says he. Arrogance, bravado says me. I'm going to go in there and prove something. No, we want a holy boldness that puts all the pressure on God and his word. No pressure on yourself. Put it on him. Put it on his word. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Everyone say boldness. I believe God's going to raise you up to be bold in the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? So boldness in the, in the Greek, parousia, freedom in speaking, and unreservedness in speech, free and fearless confidence. And it means, now this is my favorite definition in the, in the Greek, it, it means a cheerful courage. Cheerful courage. Bravado is very mean. It's very harsh. It's very unforgiving. It's, very, it's bitter. It comes from a place of bitterness. But holy boldness comes from actually a place of joy. The disciples, the most bold people 
In the book of Acts, they were filled with what? Joy and the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? So boldness in the New Testament in the Greek, it means a cheerful courage, it means a boldness, and it means an assurance. The righteous are as bold as a lion. If that sounds like you, say amen. amen. So boldness in, in the English, it means having a strong appearance or a vivid appearance. It means, it means a courage. It means confidence. Now, I don't know if anyone in here has seen a lion in person. I have not. But I know people who have seen a lion in person. And I know someone, they're from Africa. They go, there's, there's wild African lions. And they were in their, in their you know, car. They'll leave you alone if you're in the car. But sometimes if you get too far out of the car, you'll catch the lion's attention. Now, I know somebody, they were in, they were in this Jeep, and they wanted to get a picture of the lion. So the, the thing was open, because normally you can, you can peek out or whatever. Well, he gets a little too far out of the, of the Jeep on, on top to get a picture. And when he goes to, to, to aim his camera at the lion, that lion was just kind of licking his paws. And he went, and he looked right in the eyes of, of the guy taking the picture. And the guy taking the picture just said he kind of like, you know, just kind of sunk right back, into his, uh, right back into his Jeep. Who would like to go face to face with a lion? <clears throat> How many of you guys think that would clear your sinuses? Just a little bit. Like, oh man, you, you take one look, boom. Well, when the Holy Ghost is on you, that's what you look like to the devil. <laughs> Amen. When the Holy Ghost is on you, when Jesus walked into the place, demons cried out. Now, in Texas, there was a group of soul winners armed with the gospel soul winning script, which we use here, and we go on the streets of Coshocton. They were going down house to house. They were going street to street. They were preaching the gospel. Now, we've gotten you know, criticism for doing that, you know, and uh, we've even had other pastors come against us in the city because he said we're bothering people. Well, you know, we're really bothering the devil. <laughs> because in Texas, they were going door to door telling people about the Lord. They get to one house. The door was open. The screen was closed. When they get up to the house, they knocked on the screen. The man on the other end of the screen in the house was on the ground, I mean, like convulsing, and in a demonic voice was saying, the pamphlets, the pamphlets, the pamphlets. He was talking about the script. They were walking, going door to door, and people were getting saved door to door. That demon that was on that street was crying out at that house. So it was totally upending whatever the devil was doing in that community, just going in with the gospel soul winning script. The righteous are as bold as a lion. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now the Bible says the devil is like a lion roaring in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. He is like a lion, but he's not a lion. But we have an actual lion of the tribe of Judah who lives on the inside of us. We can be bold in the Holy Ghost. We have resurrection power in the same spirit who rose Christ from the grave lives on the inside of us. So when the world and when the enemy is trying to get the church to back down, we rise up. Hallelujah. Are you kidding me? The world right now trying to get the church to shut its mouth is like a ferret going to a lion and trying to, <laughs> you know, ferrets are brave little creatures. But that lion can just, are you with me? I, I'm sorry, I just was, I saw it in my head. <laughs> Everyone say the, the righteous are as bold as a lion. So you can see it on someone when, the, when that holy boldness is there. You can see it on them. It, it, it shows, it will show on your countenance. Come on, this is available. This is available. I'm going to show you how to get it, but this is available. John G. Lake, when he left everything during the Depression, he was making $10,000 like a month during the Depression. He left everything. He went to Africa. Today, the biggest Pentecostal denomination in the world is in Africa that John G. Lake himself started in the early 1900s. When he went to Africa, he went from government building to government building, 
And he walked in and told every president and every government official that he could about Jesus and about the Father on the throne and about the baptism in the Holy Ghost that was available. One president, he walked into his office to address him. The president, now I don't know which nation this was. You can go look it up and study John G. Lake. But when John G. Lake walked into the office of the president over here in a nation in Africa, the president began to shake behind his desk. And he went, he ended up under his desk shaking. And later the president said, when that man walked in my office, he looked like God and he spoke like God. And it scared, it scared him. He went under his desk shaking. Come on, there's a holy boldness. The church in America has lost, in many areas, has lost its boldness and lost its fire. But I believe in 2020, and I believe in these end days, he's restoring that fire and he's restoring that book of Acts boldness to every believer, from the youngest child to the oldest saint. Are you with me? Oh, it doesn't matter if you are or not, it's so. Hallelujah. It's so. It's so. Hallelujah. But I don't know about you. I want to be a part of everything that God's doing. I'm not going to miss out on the thing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So when the first thing, when you begin to step out in boldness, well, who do you think you are talking to presidents? Who do you think you are talking to government officials? Who do you think you are going into, you know, doing this, going into the nursing homes, going into the jail? Who do you think you are going door to door? Well, I don't think I'm anybody, but he's everybody. And I got to tell the whole world about him. He's everything. He's everything. Amen. That happened to my pastor one time. He said uh, 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 another ministry called him on the phone, a, a minister called him and began to rip him to shreds. And this other minister told my pastor, he said, you're not an apostle. He said, okay. He said, you're not a prophet. This guy told my pastor, you're not a prophet. He said, okay. He said, you're not a teacher. He said, okay. He said, you're not an evangelist. He said, okay. And he said, and you're not even a pastor. And he said, okay. And he started to laugh on the phone. He starts laughing. And the guy says, what are you laughing at? He said, he said, the Lord is just using you right now to confirm everything I've been saying for years. I have started every service by saying, Lord, I'm nothing and you're everything. <laughs> Go on. He starts every service by saying that. He said, I just want to thank you for this call. It's been such a blessing to me. You just confirm what the Lord's been saying. Amen? Amen. Come on, he sets different gifts in the church, but he is everything. Apart from him, what can we do? Amen. Hallelujah. It's not about being proud. It's about being bold and courageous in the Holy Ghost. And I think it's marked by joy, a cheerful confidence, a cheerful boldness. Amen. So we can look at the boldness of Jesus. In the book of Luke 13 and verse 31, it says, At that time some Pharisees, got to love the Pharisees, we still have them among us today. We still have the religious crowd among us who foams at the mouth. The Pharisee today is still after the life of Christ in people. The Pharisees of that time, they were after the very life of Jesus. They wanted him dead. The Pharisees of today want you spiritually dead. Yes. Yes. Amen. <coughs> spiritually they want to snuff you out. They want to stop the fire. I mean, you go into some churches, you have the fire of God. There are deacons, they're standing there with the fire extinguishers. You have a whole helps ministry section with buckets of water. Because if you lift your hands, they're going to come and just dump buckets of water on you. People say, you know, because here we just fire, you know, let the fire of God fall on people. And then people who have a control issue, they come to us and say, well, you need to control the people. You need to control them. What if they go out and do something, you know, they, they just go out and, like, oh, that would be terrible. They go out and win souls. They said, what if people get out of hand? 
And I think I don't have to worry about people getting out of hand because you have enough wet blankets out there to just go ahead and put everybody out the moment they get on fire. As fast as we put people on fire, you have the devil out there trying to put wet blankets on everybody. I have not had the issue as of yet to say, now, brother, sister, you're getting a little bit out of hand now. I haven't had that problem because we have enough wet blankets to just go ahead and put the fire out, takes care of it. It shouldn't be that way. Amen. So the Pharisees of today, the religious folk, I mean, we get, someone says, you're slamming religion. Yeah, religion's terrible. Religion is man's vain attempt to reach God. Jesus didn't come to start a religion. James says true religion. We know that verse. We understand that. But the terminology, Jesus, Christianity is God reaching man through the person of Jesus Christ. It's a relationship with God. It's not a religion of rules, regulations, traditions. If you do this, kiss the bishop's ring, go to a confessional somewhere, then God will... No, it, it is a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ that you can have. That's not a religion. Difference. But those Pharisees, modern Pharisees, are after the life of Christ in people. So they see you getting on fire. They see spiritual life. They come to try to stop that. They want to snuff it out. They see any sign of joy. God's answering your prayer. Oh, praise God, man, I got this new car, this new vehicle. I've been needing that, that transportation. Then they want to come and just whatever they can do to try to take your joy out of serving God. They'll do. Right. <laughs> you know? Uh, does that make sense? Who, who knows a, a few modern day Pharisees? The moment you get on fire, the moment you get happy, they're sure enough. They're to, they're to <laughs> put that joy, put that life to death if they can. Jesus did all the dying that's ever going to be done. You don't have to allow the religious people to steal your joy. Or to steal your peace. Or to steal the life of Christ in you. Amen. I'm keeping it. I'm going to let some religious turd come and run their mouth and steal my joy. Amen. It's good being here in this Presbyterian church. So the Pharisees said to Jesus, as if the Pharisees cared about Jesus' safety is great. They were using fear in the scripture against Jesus to try to stop him from doing what God called him to do. And it, it says, at that time, some Pharisees said to Jesus, get away from here if you want to live. Herod wants to kill you. And Jesus replied. Now, what I love about Jesus, he was not a soy latte, skinny jean preacher. I mean, Jesus was a man. I'm just telling you. Jesus was not a mamby-bamby-wuss, metro. I mean, he, he wasn't talking to Peter about, you know, what kind of shampoo really works or moisturizer really, you know, can really help them. I mean, Jesus was, you know, but people preach Jesus like that. He was just this nice sandals with a lamb under his arm. No, I mean, Jesus, he premeditatedly beat people with whips, just so you know. The Bible says Jesus went and fashioned whips. You know what that means? He didn't just say, oh, there's a whip. He wasn't impulsive about it and then beat the money changer. No, he sat and fashioned the whip. He sat there. <laughs> fashioning a whip, man. Probably muttering, oh, I'm going to get him. <laughs> I mean, that's how I imagine it. But Jesus sat, he fashioned a whip. What is that? That's premeditated. I'm going to beat those money changers. Someone says, what would Jesus do? Always remember that that is on the table. <laughs> I mean, that is an option. You know, it's there. Scripture. Jesus went in, he flipped the tables, and he drove out the money changers with a whip. Now, we can go into what that meant and what that was. He was overturning a system that we still are dealing with today. Some of y'all are going to come in with a whip next Sunday. 
It's ready, Pastor. We're fashioning them, you know. <laughs> he was bold. Jesus was bold. Jesus had crowds around him. One day he preached one sermon and all the crowds left him. Thousands, the Bible says multitudes, that's thousands of people left Jesus. And the disciples came to Jesus and Jesus said, oh, are you going to leave me too? He wasn't in a back room, in a green room saying, my ministry's over. Oh, what am I going to do? My, my, I was just growing the ministry and everyone left. Peter, what, are you going to leave me too? He said, are you guys going to leave me too? I love what the disciples said. Where are we going to go? <laughs> We've left everything. That's a good place to be, amen? Jesus basically said, so what? Because they got offended because they misunderstood a message. Yes. Yes. And they got offended. I pray you don't get offended. I don't want to get offended. That was one of the first things I worked on when I went after the call of God was I refused to be offended. Oh, I worked on that. Probably one of the hardest things. Huh. To this day, you, stay, you, you think you get the victory over it. And then, like, something else happens. You're like, oh, man, I got to deal with that again. Who knows what I'm talking about? It's like, come on, really? But the Bible says it's one's glory to overlook an offense. And when you walk in love, love never gets offended. But it's that thing that the enemy always uses because it is the rock of offense. Amen. And the river of our offense is the river of our deliverance. Jesus replied, go tell that fox. Basically called Herod an animal. You go tell that squirrely looking dude. I mean, basically. <laughs> Who knew Jesus spoke like this? The Pharisees, he's going to kill you, Jesus. You better run. If you want to live, you better get out of here. Jesus said, go back. Tell him exactly what I'm telling you right now. Go tell that fox <laughs> that I will keep on casting out demons I will keep on healing people today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I will accomplish my purpose. So right now, we have people trying to shut us down. <laughs> we're going to have service this Sunday. We're going to have service next Sunday. And we're going to accomplish our purpose. That's all. It's boldness, not arrogance. We're just being bold. And we're not stupid either, amen. We, we take everything, you know, into consideration. We're not, we're not being stupid, amen. If you have symptoms, you can stay at home, amen. We're not being stupid, hallelujah. But we're not going to stop. Our God is still the king of kings. Yes, he is. The highest authority on the earth yes. is this word and our God. Amen. That's it. How many times did the apostles, they were always in confrontation against the authorities? Always. And then they use Romans. They've been using that on us. Well, you know, the Bible says to obey the authorities. Yeah, it does say that. But when the authorities are trying to dictate to us what we are to do as the church, that's where the line is drawn. Go ask Daniel. Go ask the three Hebrew children. Go ask the apostles who were, they said, do not ever speak again in that name. They said, you judge if it's right to obey man or God. So they can't use that scripture. All right. Jesus was bold. We can see it on his life. He was a very bold person. He was not a weak person with a lisp. He was not a metro. Amen. He was bold. Hallelujah. He was bold. He was bold in the Holy Ghost. Did you find Acts 4? If you're still looking for it. Um, 
It says in, in verse 1, And as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captains of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through, the, through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them. So, you know, the world will lay hands on you. It's not like how we lay hands on people, but they'll lay hands on you. And they laid hands on them and put them on hold into the next day. For now it was eventide. Howbeit many of them which had heard the word believed, and the number of men was about 5,000. So basically the damage was already done. <laughs> Verse 5, And it came to pass on the morrow that their, that their rulers and elders and scribes, and Annas the, the high priest, and Cephas, and, and John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst of them, they asked, By what power and by what name have you done this? But then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, You rulers of the people and the elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done unto this impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto all of you and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole." For this is the stone which, the, the, which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head cornerstone. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now look at this in verse 13. And when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. But they marveled and took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. So they, they, they saw the boldness of Peter and John. They noticed they're unlearned and ignorant men. So they didn't have a degree. <laughs> Some people have so many degrees they look like a thermometer. They didn't have a degree. They were unlearned. They were ignorant, but they were bold in the Holy Ghost. And the people, they noticed it, and they noticed it, that they were unlearned and ignorant, but they took knowledge that they had been with Jesus. Where does this boldness come from? It comes, it originates from the secret place. It originates from that place of prayer. It originates from <laughs> the mount of God, the fire of God on the inside of you. Peter was filled filled. Some of you, you're running on empty today. I'll just tell you that right now. You're just running on empty. Some of you, you you've been running all week on empty, and then it, it, you just kind of went out, and you kind of rolled into the service this morning. I mean, I can see it. It's my job. I mean, I can see what's going on. Amen. But I want to tell you right now, there's a big angel right next to you. He just popped your lid, and he's filling you up right now. With some high octane, unleaded, hallelujah, fuel. Amen. Come on. Come on, allow God to fill you afresh right now. Just let him. Come on, do we really have to wait till the end, every head bowed and every eye closed, believers in an attitude of prayer? God can fill you right in your seat. You're watching online. He can fill you right in your home. Amen. You can't be quarantined from the Holy Ghost. He'll get you. Amen. You can't hide. Amen. This stuff spreads even through, even through online. Hallelujah. It's very contagious. Extremely contagious. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'll tell you, God's filling you right now. He's filling people. He's filling people. Just receive. Just receive. Just receive. Just receive. Just receive. Hallelujah. Amen. Peter, he was filled. You don't want to be half filled. Come on, this is, I mean, maybe it's just a guy thing, because I know a few guys, that they do this, but, you know, they, they run the tank on empty just to see. Who, who's done this? You just run the tank on empty to see how far you can get. Oh, well, Jen, too. Okay, so ladies, too. Okay. I mean, it's just, it's just the thing. Larry doesn't do that. Okay, well, maybe it's a lady thing. Maybe I need to... <laughs> Ray does it. Okay, well, I mean, it's a mixed bag this morning. 
But who knows what I'm talking about. You just take the car and you just kind of see how far you can get. Don't do that with your spirit. Don't do that with the Lord. Amen. Don't do that. Keep it full. Fill it up every day. Top it off. <laughs> Who's ever filled it so full, your tank, that it splashes back at you? You're not supposed to do that, but at the river you can do that. Amen. You can get so full. <laughs> I pray the Lord fills you to the brim. <laughs> you anoint my head with oil. My, my cup runs over. When you're on overflow... People just get around you when just a little bit of pressure is applied. You're, you're spilling over the edge. You're spilling over. Someone says, why are people laughing? Because they're happy. They were filled with joy in the Holy Ghost. With joy will you draw from the wells of salvation. I mean, God is explaining. It's sad you have to explain the joy of the Lord, but you do in America. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, can't we have a crying meeting? No. There's a time to weep, there's a time to laugh. <laughs> That's, it's supernatural joy. It's not an entertainment of the mind. At destruction and famine thou shalt laugh. At destruction... And famine. What's going on in the world? Famine. We, we have joy. Why? Because God's going to make a way. It's not that it's funny. It's that the enemy really thinks he can stop you. God sits in the heavens and laughs at his enemies. And we are seated with him in heavenly places. We can laugh with our Father. We're going over. Amen. Hallelujah. And you can be bold in the Holy Ghost. I was reading a tweet. Someone said uh, a few days ago, that joy stuff is demonic. <laughs> yeah, that's what the devil's doing. He's going around giving people in church joy. <laughs> he's going around. He's making people laugh. He's making them happy. <laughs> no, the devil puts depression on people. The joy of the Lord is your strength. I have the joy. Yeah, that's how religious people are. The joy of the Lord's my strength. Look like they were baptized in lemon juice. Some people think anything that's supernatural is the devil. God is more supernatural than the devil. Amen. You need the joy. I pray he fills you with joy this morning. So I said, well, I don't want that. I don't like that. Then, wrong, wrong church? <laughs> Someone watching online, just, you know, people get on there and post things. <clears throat> We don't do that at my church. Well, we're not at your church. Amen. Hallelujah. This is the river. And there is a river that makes glad the city of our God. Hallelujah. If religion and tradition was going to shake Coshocton, Ohio, it would have already did it. And our city would be saved. It's going to take the power of the Holy Ghost. And you can't go out depressed. Amen. Amen. Everyone say boldness. boldness. Oh, that was my next scripture. Isaiah 60 and verse 1. Arise and shine from the depression in which the circumstances have kept you. Oh, what a good time for that scripture. I, did, I forgot I even put that in there. Rise to new life. Shine, be radiant with the glory of the Lord. For your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and dense darkness all peoples, but the Lord shall arise upon you, and his glory shall be seen upon you. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Right now, there's a total demonic attack against the church to try to shut them down. There's a demonic attack against the reputation of the church where you see the, the, the fake news media. They're actually blaming the church for corona. <laughs> it was a headline. It was an actual headline. Evangelicals are to blame for the spread of corona. The headline right after that, I was looking through headlines. The headline right after that by a secular uh, person who's not saved at all in the magazine or the, the news organization, not saved, but they said, we are on the cusp of a great spiritual awakening. <laughs> secular. They said, it, it, anytime there's a great something that happens, it, the church is always there to, you know, reinvigorate people. So, I mean, it's like you have one person blaming the church for corona, the other one saying, we're on the cusp of a great spiritual awakening. <laughs> Arise. Shine. <laughs> We're going to end here soon, but the glory of the Lord is upon you. And you can be bold in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Not bold in what a church is saying or a preacher is saying, but be bold in anything in the Word of God. Be bold on Him. Hallelujah. Acts 4, we're there, we're there already, amen. <laughs> and verse 15, but when they commanded them to go aside out of the council, they confirmed among themselves, saying, what shall we do to these men? <laughs> what are we going to do? Oh, For this is indeed a notable miracle that has been done by them and is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to, to no man in this name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto, unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. And it says, So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all the men glorifying God for that which has been done. For the man was above 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing was showed. And being let go, they went unto their own company and reported all uh, that the chief priests and the elders had sent unto them. And when they had heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. They said, Lord, you are God, which has made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that's in them, who by out of thy servant David has said, why hath the heathen raged? And the people imagined vain things. And the kings of the, of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ, for of truth against this holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles, and all the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. Verse 29. Now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. Now look. And when they prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spoke the word of God with boldness. <laughs> so they prayed for boldness, which you can do that. You Someone says, well, I'm, not, I'm, I'm naturally a very timid person. Look. There's probably no one in this room that was more timid than I was. I was so timid that the timid people called me timid. I mean, the shy people said I was shy. I was so timid that when I got around people, I couldn't look them in the eyes. I looked them in the shoes. I, I could never look people in the eyes. People would look me in the eyes. I'd just kind of look down. I was a very shy person. Very shy. Everyone said, he's just a man of few words, isn't he? I had a lot to say. I just didn't, I was too shy. I was too timid. Then something happened in the year 2008 of November. 
when I lifted my hands to heaven, I'm not going to go into the whole story, and the fire of God fell on me, and I was filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. Someone told me later, that's not, a, that, that's not for today. And God didn't know that. He gave it to me. There's 800 million Christians who speak with other tongues, going on 900 million. A little too late for that. Should have told me in 2007. Then I would have got it and I would have gave it back and said, Lord, that's not for today. I can't have that, Lord. They said it's not for now. Bunch of eggheads. Amen. No power comes from those people. Nothing. Zip. Nada. Nothing. All they do is argue. No power. No life. No life. No life. One guy, I just told him, I said, okay, let's go to the inner city. I'll give you two hours. You can give me, actually, I mean, really, you could, we could take anyone from this church, give you five minutes, take some religious person, give them two hours. The God who answers by fire, let him be God. Come on, I'm standing in a room full of people who know how to shake a whole community. <laughs> Who've done so. Come on, you can be bold in the Holy Ghost. So it is scriptural. Someone said, well, I'm very timid. Well, you can pray and ask God for boldness. But after you ask God for boldness, and this is where we're going to end, do something bold. Be bold. Be bold. I mean, it might be the Lord shakes your bedroom and then, you know, I mean, it's a whole supernatural experience. We've had that happen. Sometimes you just got to pray and then go out like it all depends. Amen. I mean, you just got to go do it in faith. The first time I ever led anyone to the Lord was three children, three, all under 12. I was so Nervous, but it was a boldness, but my physical body was so nervous that my knees were shaken. I was shaken. And these three kids gave their life to the Lord. You got to be bold. So look, I'll, I'll give you a, a testimony and then we'll, we'll pray here. When I was in Tampa, I really, I mean, the Lord had done a work within me and get, making me more bold than I was, but I still... I saw some people just had such a glow and a holy boldness, like, like that guy with the restaurant could just stand up and speak to a whole restaurant. I knew I wasn't there yet, but I wanted to be there. Not only do I want to be bold in the Holy Ghost, I want to be more bold in the Holy Ghost than I've ever been, even this year. So we were going into a community to go door to door and just do some street evangelism there and, and, and tell people about Jesus. Well, as we're driving in the van, I'm sitting in the back and, you know, I'm looking out the window, got a road to myself. And I'm just looking out the window, and, I, and I'm praying. I said, Lord, I pray, because I knew I could pray for boldness. I said, I pray for boldness. And I pray that, that even today, as I'm, I'm going into this community, make me more bold than I've ever been before. And, and so I'm expecting, like, man, I'm gonna, lightning's going to strike me. You know, I, I'm expecting something. I'm going to feel something. We like the feelings, right? And sometimes you don't feel anything. You just got to do it by faith. So I'm praying. I said, Lord, I pray that I'd be so bold today in the Holy Ghost. And, and the Lord spoke to me. I heard his voice. And he said, do you want, you want to be bold? I said, oh, God, I want to be bold. He said, then go out and be bold. Well, I, I, it's great, but Lord, <laughs> I mean, I wanted you to like, come on, do, do something. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? That, like, you know. Put something on me. Let me feel something. Let me, you know, I didn't feel anything. But the, the word rung over and over. Be bold. Be bold. Be bold. Be bold. Sometimes you just got to do it. And so we, we go into this community and I get out. And as I get out, the words are ringing. Be bold. Be bold. Be bold. You know. And uh, we get out, and then I, I see over, there's these stairs going down. It's an apartment complex. There's some, some wooden stairs going down, and there's this couple sitting outside, and they're both smoking weed, marijuana, and they're, and they're smoking. And, and then I notice these people are rough-looking, man. I mean, they have the, the gauges in their ears. Not that you should judge people on the outside. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying, look at me. I mean, and I was, like, smaller than I am now. <laughs> and these were, like, huge... I mean, colored hair, 
tattoos, chains hanging down, skulls on their, on their chest, uh, you know, on their shirt. I mean, the whole thing. And I'm this little homeschooled Coshocton boy who loves Jesus, who is a nerd, <laughs> you know. And the Lord said, be bold, be bold. So I look over at them, and then I notice the other people on the team, they're seeing them too, but they're walking away from them. Because it just looked like someone who would chew your head off if you went up and told them anything about God. Be bold. So I remember looking at them, and just by faith, and then the Holy Ghost, I walked up to this, these two people. It was a man and a woman. And I walked up to them, and I pulled out my little gospel soul winning script. I mean, I wish there was a picture, because it was so, I mean, it was, it, I looked like a 12-year-old. I mean, I was 19, I had parted hair. I mean, it took people two, three years to figure out I was in Bible school. This is fact. People thought I was somebody's kid in the Bible school, and they thought I was adorable taking notes. That's fact. Someone told me that. <clears throat> and uh, I pull out my script, and I begin to tell them, you know, God loves you. He has a plan for your life, and I'll go through the whole script. And as I'm going through, and I, this is what the Bible says, we've all sinned. We've come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. As I'm speaking to them, I felt the anointing. The presence of God, strong. I looked at the one, at the one woman, tears are, are going down her face. I look at the guy, he, I mean, he had a whole joint there, you know. I don't think they waste those. But anyway, I don't know. I've never smoked this stuff. He throws it on the ground while we're talking. And then he pray, they, they pray. And then I give them the flyer to the church. And then they're looking at it like I just gave them a $100 bill. They're just like, and they're looking at me. I said, do you need prayer for anything else? They said, oh, yeah, we have this, we have this. I mean, these were people who looked like they would chew your head off. It became like little puppies. But I went up, I'm just bold in the Holy Ghost. Bold in the Holy Ghost. After that, it was shortly after, it was like a week later, I was out on the streets. For whatever reason, we had these Spanish scripts. I grabbed the wrong script. I had a Spanish script. I was walking around, and, and, and thankfully I found later I had an English script, but, I, you know, I was walking around just Spanish. You know, mi español es malo, you know. So I, I go up to this, this big Spanish dude. I mean, huge. And, and where we would go, it was actually, you, sometimes it would be in the neighborhood of the Bloods. Sometimes it would be, you know, they had whatever, different ones. You'd have to wear different shoelaces because if you wear a certain color, it was a sign that you might be on another gang, and it was a whole thing. But can I tell you something? The worst problem we had with any gang was just Jehovah's Witnesses actually started fist-fighting one of our soul winners. That was the worst we've ever encountered with the gangs. And that's a fact. I was in the thing. Jehovah's Witnesses said, you're on our turf, and they punched one of our soul winners. That's a, that is a true story. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> well, this, you can tell, you know, he's been through some stuff. And, uh, you know, tear tattoos, I think those mean something, you know. And uh, I, I go up to this guy, just in boldness, just in boldness. And I had the Spanish script, so I pull it out. He didn't speak any English. So I pull it out, and it was hilarious. I'm trying to read the Spanish script, and I don't know Spanish. So I'm like, uh, el Jesus, so you need to get saved, though. You know, I don't know. I'm just trying to... Well, he's laughing at me because he doesn't speak Spanish, but he can tell I'm trying to read Spanish. And this big dude, he's, he's just like laughing at me. And, he, and, and towering over me, big muscular guy, he reaches down and pulls the script out of my hand. I'm like, yes, sir, you just take that. You know, I'm not, it's mine, you know. I'm not about to throw hands with this guy, you know. He takes it. He flips it around. He starts reading it. And then I watch him, and he's, he's mumbling it in Spanish. Then I watch him, he gets, I feel the presence of God. I watch this guy, and he starts praying. In the nombre de Jesus, he starts praying and inviting Jesus into his heart. And I feel the anointing. And I look at the guy, and he looks at me, and tears start coming down his face. Tears. He gives me a hug. This big teardrop. <laughs> he gives me a hug. I'm like, embraced into this dude's chest because I'm like, you know, like really small compared to this big guy. Come on. Be bold. Pray for boldness.
But as you go out on a Monday, on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday, on a Thursday, be bold. One more, then we'll pray. There was a, uh, there was a soul winner. We, we go into the malls a lot. Well, there's a soul winner who uh, went up to the sky, and you could tell he was like a biker, you know? He had the whole thing, bandana, everything. He was a biker. And they go up to him, and they said, you know, sir, I just want to tell you, God loves you. He has a plan for your life. And they go through the gospel with him. That guy stands up over them, rips them, starts cussing them out, starts cussing out their God. I mean, just the whole thing rips into them. And he said, and if you don't get out of here right now, you're going to need God. And so the soul winner went away and just prayed for them. A week later, someone was in the mall, didn't know the situation or the story. The same guy was there. They went up to him. Has anyone told you God loves you and has a plan for your life? Just bolt, went up to the dude. The guy breaks and starts weeping. And he prays and he asks God into their heart. Invite him to church. And then the guy praying, he, he said, you don't understand. He said, a week ago, someone came up with the same thing and they tried to pray with me. I cussed them out. I threatened to beat them up. He said, that night when I went home, I couldn't sleep all night. He said, because of the words, those, those Bible verses kept going over and over. And it kept, I kept thinking, what would happen if I died? He said, I never thought about that. But it keeps going over and over. What would happen if I died? And he said, I want to give my life to Christ. And gave his life to Christ. Come on. Somebody's eternity depends on you being bold in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Did this help anybody this morning?